and welcome to a year-closing 189th episode of the Nerd Stravaganza Podcast, where we've seen our final year in the 100s. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And I'm Cam. And in this episode, as we don our party hats to celebrate the dawn of 2016 and our movement into the 200s in terms of our episode numbers, we'll be taking a look back at 2015 to decide what was good and what sucked, more or less. But first, I'll remind our listeners that it would definitely not suck for them to subscribe to us on iTunes and give us many stars and favorable reviews. And with that plug out of the way, let's take the first glance over our shoulder with an annual tradition. I guess throughout the year tradition. I don't know what the word is for that. Uh, and every week tradition, the weekly, geekly, geekly, weekly update. Brian, feel free to weigh in on a proper definition and uh, to commence with the updates. I have no idea what I did this week besides Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I have been straightening the house and and wrapping gifts and in full Christmas mode. And it's, I mean, I can't say it's a nightmare because it's obviously a celebration, but Christ, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Fun takes uh, work. Christ knows. Well, good to know you've been in full Christmas mode, sir. That uh, is a pretty concise update. We'll take you at your word. That was pretty much it. I, I could tell you all about the horrible traffic and the uh, grumpy people in line, but let's just call it holidays. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. You you posted something about being at a hardware store. Was was that was that deadpan or were you serious? Oh no, actually, um, I love Harbor Freight. I, I was picking up some stuff. I'm, I'm working on some like shelves in the in the house and things like that, and. Uh, it's it's unreal, you know. I don't know. Maybe this sounds exclusive or stereotyping or something like that. But people who work with their hands are are generally much nicer than people who tell other people to work with their hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people talking, chatting, very friendly. Like some guy in the parking lot was, "Hey, how's it going?" That's funny. No, it's it's funny. Very coincidental. Today, I had some like work done on my house today, actually. And uh, I was actually also at a hardware store, but I was at the the Home Depot. And uh, yeah, I had the same experience. The guys that all came were all great guys, went out of their way to, you know, double double check, triple check the stuff that I had done. And at the hardware store, I needed a few things that I was going to do myself. And everyone was went out of their way to help me out. Was, you're right, man. I don't know if it was the holidays or a hardware store or a mix of the two, but that's pretty awesome. I would venture that's called a sense of pride in your work. Yeah. And a passion, you know, kind of relating to the geeky thing, you know, you have, when you're really excited and proud about something, you want to share it. And if other people are doing it, Hey, let me show you how to do it right. Because this is how you got to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, as a paper pusher, I will probably never know that satisfaction, but <laughs> I think, you know, even when you go retail or something like that, like you can tell people are friendly, but they're going to get yelled at if they don't push you through the line or something like that. Like their job's not to be nice. It's to get you in and out with as much shit as you can buy. Your point's taken. Uh, yeah. Maybe there is a pride that comes from uh, your work being appreciated by people, you know, and versus, yeah, just somebody processing you through as uh, you're not an obstacle per se, as you are 
in a retail setting, right? You're just the next challenge to deal with for retail workers, aren't you? At the end of the day, right? Even if you're very cooperative, they just need to get through you and onto the next one, right? Well, yeah, that that is kind of their job. I, I'm willing to bet, Cam, uh, your handymen weren't really multitasking today. They were yours, right? Oh, yeah. They came to do a specific, each one came to do a specific job at my place. Like I had an AC guy, I had a, you know, I had a, a plumber and I had a, a electrical guy. So they were there to do a good job, make sure you were happy. Right. Whereas if you had, you know, gone to a store or anywhere else, it would have been, you know, you and 10,000 other assholes. Right. Exactly. 10,000 other obstacles. Yep. Just a difference, you know, I'm sure those are, I'm sure there's tons of nice pencil pushers too, but you don't get paid to be nice. Yeah. Point taken. All right. So <laughs> that concludes your update, Brian, dealing with the uh, pleasant people and uh, the pleasantries uh, that surround Christmas shopping. Then then some. <laughs> yes. Chris, what about you, man? Out there doing some uh, Christmas shopping of your own? Yeah. Real life was kind of taking over my geeky fun. So uh, I did manage to finish uh, the next Dresden book in my audiobook queue, Death Mask. It was pretty good. I'm really liking the series. And I also went to Cam's Secret Santa party and, uh, or is it Satan party, depending if you're <laughs> dyslexic or not. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, had fun games. And then uh, my cool gift was somebody opted to uh, buy my short stories and to throw on some extra rating, which, you know, in a way sounds a little lame for some people, but as a writer, that that's the, that's the best gift I can get for the holidays. Somebody enjoying my stuff and then passing the word on to other potential people who could enjoy my stuff. Kick ass, man. I'm glad that, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm glad that you've gotten the gift of giving. <laughs> is, is, is that an appropriate way to put that <laughs> awesome man right. so far that's two for two in the uh, holiday spirit that's what i like to hear cam what about you well unlike you slackers i have had my holiday shopping done a month ago so i was just taking time to relax uh friday um hung out did some board gaming um, Saturday had the holiday party, like we, we like we talked about, um, and then Sunday did some more gaming uh, at the Landlubbers uh, for the Adventure Game Store's uh, sponsored game night. Um, I, I, you know, the highlight of the weekend I think was the was the holiday party. I think everyone had a great time. There was lots of good food, lots of good games going on. I think everyone uh, was you know was at least uh, satisfied, if not pleasantly surprised, with all their Secret Santa gifts. Uh, I know I was very happy with mine. Uh, I got the board game Dixit, which is what I had asked for in the little questionnaire that we had ever, all the secret Santa people fill out. Coincidentally though, my girlfriend had also asked for Dixit and also got it. So nice. now we have two copies of Dixit, which if anyone knows me, it knows is it knows that that's exactly perfect because I like to keep one new and shrink and play one. So now that worked out perfectly for us. Uh, and, um, other than that, just getting ready, actually, I've been preparing for the, uh, holiday feast. I am typically the cook for my family. Uh, I went to, uh, one of the local grocery stores, got all the good stuff that I needed. I uh, bought a big ass standing beef rib roast that I'm going to roast and, and, uh, have for, uh, for, for my family to enjoy and, uh, shored up some, 
some of my final Disney plans for when I leave uh, right after Christmas to go up there through, uh, through New Year's. And, um, yeah, that was it. Uh, I, uh, and I, you know, I just want to take time to thank you guys for coming to the party. I hope you guys had a good time and, uh, uh, you know, kicked off the festivities this year for you. That was a good party all the way around. Thanks, Cam. Feel like an asshole. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That was last week, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a good party. But, uh, oh, Brian, I w- did want to say, you know, I'm, I'm surprised you, um, you know, you being like I, a, a nocturnal animal, um, have you, uh, there were a couple little things I needed that I had to run out and get, but I completely took advantage of the several places that are like this year. I don't know if, it, I don't remember it, this ever being this way before, but did you know that Coles has been open 24 hours for like <laughs> the last actually. like week and a half? <laughs> yeah. I've gone like three, like two nights in the last week at like two in the morning and there's been no one there. And it was just, I had the run of the store. It was amazing. Really? Coles? I actually picked up some gifts there this week. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was so good. Are they still open twenty four hours? Yeah, they're 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 open twenty four hours until tomorrow, well, Christmas Eve at six p.m. So they are open twenty four hours tonight. Might have to swing by there tonight. Yeah, along with the twenty four hour Walmart, which is usually my go to if I in a pinch. But uh, but yeah, I think Targets, certain Targets, maybe as well. But I may be making that up. I did not go to a twenty four hour Target, but Kohl's I definitely took advantage of. Am I correct in assuming there's plenty of Star Wars merchandise to be had at Kohl's? Oh, so much. And it's super cheap right now. Like mm. t-shirts are like ten, like really co- awesome, badass t-shirts, 10 bucks. Yes. Um, really cool merchandise, watches and all kinds of other good stuff, toys and this and that. Super cheap right now. I had the same luck. I, I went in to buy a Star Wars shirt at Sears for a friend of mine and they were like 10 bucks a pop. I'm like, well, uh, I guess I could use three. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Three for I, me, well, one for you. <laughs> Uh, my brother won't, well, he, he'll have already gotten it before, uh, this episode comes out, but at Kohl's, like they have these really awesome, like embossed, uh, it's like a shadow box, but it's, it's pretty, it's big. It's, I'd say it's like a foot and a half by a foot and a half, um, shadow box, uh, and inside the shadow box, it's a embossed like schematic of the millennium, the millennium Falcon. Uh, in silver, like really amazing, like silver embossing. Uh, and then they also had in, in gold, a tie fighter, the schematics of a gold tie fighter. So I picked those up super cheap at Kohl's. Um, and I got some Kohl's cash on top of it for it. So Kohl's cash. Yeah. Kohl's cash is, uh, you know, you, you, you buy something now and then they give you cash for next week, like for the after Christmas, like Ah. every, every, yeah, every 50 bucks you spend, you get, uh, $10 $10 free, basically, if you have $10 in Kohl's cash. Brilliant. Okay. I may have to hit up Kohl's tonight. After oh, the for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was it. That was my, uh, that was my, uh, my week. Sounds like a pretty full week. Very Christmassy and uh, how exciting. Absolutely. Okay. That brings it to me to wrap it up. And the very first thing I had on my list and totally didn't write in as we were discussing it was, of course, Cam, your holiday party. <laughs> the highlight of the season. Um, no, I, I had a great time. It was cool hanging out with uh, everybody from the cast and most of the crowd, for pretty much the entire crowd from the Adventure Game Store. And uh, yeah. you did yourself with the food. Um, the turducken I, the was turducken. loved by all. <laughs> I'm not, uh, there was not much turduck or ken left by the time I got to it. I think people put a hurting on that thing. Yeah, and it was pretty, pretty huge, too. I, I, everyone, everyone really liked it. It looked like the carcass w- was of something that w- had been large at 
(laughs) Although I will say, Tom, the turducken may have been the savory hit of the party, but your lava Oreo chocolate brownie (laughs) ridiculous goodness, whatever it is that you brought was like demolished almost immediately. I mean, everyone was raving about that. I hope you weren't left with any leftovers. Um, there were we none. No, that oh. that was the only dessert that was completely. I have your pan, by the way. Which I'll, oh yeah, which I will, sure, which no I will bring to you. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, people loved it. Funny story that so um, my companion Abby made a wonderful Christmas cake, which um, I've always wanted to try Christmas cake. So she kind of looked up a recipe and we made one. And if it's the the, the whatever type of cake it is with the nice whipped frosting and the strawberries mm-hmm. and everything. And I just had a feeling it was going to be a pretty big crowd. So I'm like, I also want to contribute. So I just went and bought like candy and like pre-made <laughs> chocolate and, you know, brownie mix and cookie mix and made these like basically like brownie chocolate things with like Reese's peanut butter cups and Oreos in the middle. I didn't make this up. I, I looked this up online. Was it like one of those dump, quote unquote dump cakes or whatever? Is that was it was wasn't one? as much as I want it to be a dump cake because I totally want to follow the advice of the lady that used to make the oh, what was that product? <laughs> oh, I don't remember, but she had the dump cake recipes. No, yeah. this was just like crazy. I looked up like Oreo something brownies. I may have seen it come across mm. one of my social media feeds a while back, but basically, yeah, it was a layer of pre-made chocolate chip cookie dough, Oreos, um peanut butter cups and then brownie, you know, made, made up brownie batter and put that all over the top and then served it flipped over with the cookie side up. And it was a, it was a hit. It looked ridiculous. It looked so good. For the record, I preferred the Christmas cake. Cause I found my concoction like too sweet. Like I had to cut it with like a nice slab of the Christmas cake to, <laughs> to cut down on <laughs> no, the, the, the Christmas cake looked amazing as well. That, that cream and that the strawberries and oh man, it was all a light, that stuff. Was light great. fluffy delight. So Chris, Brian, I hope you guys tried both and enjoyed both. I did. I did. But you know what? I, I can't complain about uh, the turducken. And I, I also couldn't complain about the mashed potatoes, actually. Oh, that was fantastic, too. Yeah, They were quite tasty. Well, did you have the mashed potatoes or did you have my special patented mashed cauliflower? cauliflower I had that, mashed, too. That call. was tasty. I but, had the cauliflower. Done. So wait, the turducken was like, did you, when I got there, like it was like it would have been like destroyed. So <laughs> I, I can't even imagine it was large. Um, to be, I, I mean, I, I agree. I believe you when you say it was large, but it's hard to imagine it large because it was like just beaten down, man. By the time, yeah, I it was, there. it was the size of a like you know larger turkey, you know, gotcha. and then stuffed, stuffed with the chicken or the hen and the, the duck. Wow. Well, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. The Christmas party was cool. Got a sweet secret Santa present. Gave some secret Santa presents and did not disclose to whom I gave them. Um, I, I believe in keeping the secret, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be revealed in time. Um, apart from that, just uh, loads of Star Wars, you know, saw the movie a second time, reading all the comics, which are excellent. I can't complain about any of the Star Wars comics, guys. Like we went to lunch today and I was nerding out with the the server and I was like laying down like all the, I, I was like, you should read Shattered Empire. Oh, and you should also read Lando. And by the way, you should probably read Star Wars and Darth Vader. And you know what? You should just read all the Star Wars comics. They're really good. If you're even if you're not a comics fan, you should read these because they're man. If you're just like me and you can't get enough Star Wars at the moment, you'll love them. And uh, speaking of not getting Star Wars in sufficient quantities, I have of course been playing more Battlefront, a passable shooter set in the Star Wars universe, at which I am a mediocre player. <laughs> so. <laughs> Battlefront, 
play it if you like Star Wars and don't really care about shooters one way or another. And of course, lots of Christmas shopping, which I, the crowds, I mean, I get it, but I, the part I love the most about Christmas is shopping is thinking about what people might like and picking things out. And, you know, I give gift cards, but I try to give people like a gift that they might like too. And I I really enjoy that. Um, So I have a great time Christmas shopping and I've still got a little more to do. If I don't, if I have it in me to make a midnight Coles run, I might, otherwise I may, uh, may hit them all tomorrow early in the morning. Kohl's is a big department store for people that don't know. They have lots of cool stuff. Might have to figure out a location of one nearby offline. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll hit you guys up with that after the show. <laughs> but that's it. That's it for my update. Lots of Star Wars, lots of holiday, lots of party. And uh, that pretty much sums it up. Which means, Cam, it is now on to some year-shattering news with none other than you, our reporter of the century. Oh, I appreciate that moniker, and uh, I will keep it in the Star Wars vein. Um, I think I can't remember if it was last episode or the reaction Star Wars uh, reaction episode where we talked about like all the sort of backstory that's not in the the actual uh, episode seven film proper, um, and how we were sort of positing that you know J.J. Abrams and Disney being masters of just sort of like the slow leak and like the you know packaging and and you know throwing all kinds of other stuff out there um and and just you know disseminating content in many different ways uh whichever episode it was it turns out that we were right in conjunction with the movie uh Disney has released a coffee table book believe it or not um which is called the um Star Wars the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary, Aha. which contains all of the lore that's left out of the actual movie. So if you want to know basically anything about anyone and any item, any uh, vehicle, any uh, weapon, whatever, you can go in there and it, like down to like the last minute detail, uh, basically look, look it up and it will give you the backstory and the lore and everything behind uh, each one of the things it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, like, you know, it tells you about the keeper of the faith, um, tells you about Hoshnian prime tells you about the command ships, you know, obviously the main characters, Kylo Ren and all, you know, uh, Ray. And it, it just really goes into detail about everything on top of that. Uh, and this sort of dovetails into my next, uh, uh, story, um, it also has some interesting information about R2, which was elaborated on uh, by J.J. Abrams um, after the um, after the movie came out uh, in, in, in an interview he did. Turns out the reason why R2 was in this low power mode uh, was be, it was basically a self-imposed sort of exile for him. But it was also sort of a re- way for him to organize the massive trove of information that he had gotten from the empire databanks when he interfaced with them uh, in episodes four through six, specifically a new hope. Um, and that is actually how he ended up having the map, the whole map when, you know, w- w- you know, spoiler alert, whatever, if you haven't seen the movie by now, you're an asshole. Um, but the, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the, that's how he ended up having the entire map of where Luke ends up being is because he downloaded the empire star maps um, in a new hope. Ah. And so, and the reason he woke up was because BB-8, when BB-8 comes and, and meets him or whatever, basically lets him know, hey, I have this piece of the map, you know, and then 
he slowly starts to wake up and realize that, okay, I have the whole completed map. And, you know, JJ Abrams like admitted that when R2 did wake up, it was sort of, you know, they did it for, for movie effect. I mean, obviously, you know, why didn't he just wake up right when BBA first talked to him? Of course, you know, but you, you know, they, they did it for dramatic effect in the movie, but that is the basic reasoning why he ended up waking up is because BB eight stirred in him the, the whole, okay, Hey, look, something's happening. We got to go find Luke. I have this piece of the map. Do you have the rest? So that's pretty, I found that super interesting. That is yeah, pretty cool. W- yeah. I wish I would have known this book was coming out too. Cause I definitely would have put it on my Christmas list. Is that out now? Is that like available for Christmas it purchase? It is out. I go ahead yes. and write that down one more time. That is called. Does Coles carry it? Uh, yes. <laughs> it is called the uh, Star Wars episode, episode seven visual dictionary. I believe it was released um, the uh, on the day that the movie came out. Well, the 18th, not the pre-release. Okay. Day. I'll be seeing you guys at Coles where hopefully <laughs> they carry it. Yep. That's awesome, man. Moving on. So, you know, we'll stay in the space vein. SpaceX made news this this week by uh, actually, you know, heading out into uh, the outer reaches of the atmosphere, early reaches of space and uh, in one of their rockets and then actually landing it back upright uh, back on Earth. They had sort of a tumultuous year and, and with a bunch of setbacks and they actually completely lost one of their spacecraft. Uh, but this was a big win for Elon Musk and SpaceX uh, and is very much ushering in the uh, beginnings of actual space travel for the common man so or woman. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. Let's see. Bethesda, the maker of everyone's favorite crack, uh, Fallout 4, is being hit by lawsuits all over the place. What? Someone in uh, the U.S. is suing for over their Nuka, their Nuka-Cola offering, saying that it is addictive and dangerous to the body. Um. And uh, I'm sure there will are other lawsuits that'll pop up. I mean, Bethesda and Fallout 4 is, is a juggernaut. They're making you know million, you know hundreds of millions of dollars. So there's always someone that's out to get you when you're doing that, uh, unfortunately. So and me being a, an attorney, uh, I I feel for Bethesda. I, typically, I you know try I tend to take the side of the common man, but uh, Bethesda, I mean, that's just ridiculous develop an addiction to a soda, which in the lore of the game was known for its addictive qualities. I mean, right. kind of a moron. Exactly. Well, apparently they're, they're, they're you know, there, there's been assaults on people. They're, they're, I guess there's like the special blue bottle cap that is like supreme, like super limited edition that people have been like fighting over. Um, people have been fighting over pit boys and these special t-shirts that came out. And so all kinds of lawsuits are cropping up because they're saying that the, uh, Bethesda, you know, limited these things on purpose because they knew the fervor would, you know, reach this fevered pitch and cause damages to people. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Let's see conspiracy theorists. Let's shift gears to those guys. Um, if you are a conspiracy theorist, no longer do you need to worry about fashion sense when it comes to wearing your tinfoil hat around town. Someone is actually kickstarting a signal proof hat a line of signal proof hats, actually, you know, brimmed baseball caps, beanies, sock hats, all kinds of good stuff. You can go on to Kickstarter right now and check out uh, signal proof headwear on Kickstarter. And if you want to back them, you can go ahead and buy, uh, buy some headgear and not have to worry about the government listening to your thoughts or aliens tracking your every movement um, or even taking control of you. Uh, put those on and you're good to go. 
Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, I, th- I think if you wear it, you'll also be uh, protected from that weird, uh, that weird disease that everyone in Johnny Mnemonic got. I forget what it was called. Or everyone oh, black got the shakes and all. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's another good reason to go out and spend your uh, hard earned money on that piece of shit. But uh, hey, don't let me uh, don't let me sway your opinion. Hello Kitty. Speaking of conspiracy theorists and nuts, um, if you are a fan of Hello Kitty and you have been using the fan site SanrioTown.com, uh, you probably have been hacked or or have your or have had your information data dumped, um, and hackers are now working to use that to access your files and email accounts and PayPal accounts and all kinds of stuff. So if you uh, have access in Rio town uh, and talked about hello kitty or anything else uh, or put any kind of information whatsoever onto that website, uh, I would seriously look into uh, changing your passwords and, and, you know, making sure all of your data and, and other online accounts are secure uh, because hackers have hit that and uh, it's, it's an increasing trend. So I, the reason why I brought up the story is because it's an increasing trend of hackers hitting sort of, it's the equivalent of uh, like terrorists hitting soft targets, you know, like you're not going to go for, uh, you know, an airport or, or you know, or, or just like, you know, hackers know that, you know, if they hit Bank of America, it's probably not going to be, as, you know, that easy and they might not get, you know, they might not get much, but they can hit these sort of secondary sites where people aren't as apt to a uh, worry about what they're putting on there. And B the security protocols on the sites itself are probably pretty lax. So just be careful what you're putting out there on the, on the web. Uh, You can't ever bring it back. And once it falls into the hand of the hands of the wrong person, you might find yourself in a, in a heap of trouble. And uh, with that public service announcement, I will, that rounds out the new extravaganza. I guess we need a uh, signal proof litter boxes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cam. Thank you for the news roundup. Great way to report the final news of the year. And 2015, what a year it has been. I think we can all agree. Absolutely. Full of news, full of happenings, both good and bad, which brings us of course to tonight's topic, which is our discussion of things good and bad. I think that, uh, our conversational episodes seem to have done pretty well lately, so we'll keep this more conversational and we'll just kind of take turns bringing up something good, maybe something bad. Why don't we just go in order and each of us decide if we want to bring up uh, something awesome or something that sucked and, and kind of discuss it. And maybe we'll all agree and maybe we'll all disagree. Does that sound like a pretty decent format to you guys? Sounds good to me, man. All right. Well, in that case, let's keep the batting order what it was during the round up and let Brian go first. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of something positive and <laughs> that he absolutely loved this year. Well, you know, I'll, t- I'll take the cheap way out. I- I'll go with the, probably the, the nerdy highlight, man. Force Awakens was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Couldn't agree more. It was a pleasant, well, I don't, I don't think it was a surprise. I had a high expectations and it, it delivered. For me. Um, were you thinking it was going to suck, Brian? Or were you just super skeptical? Well, no, I've said all along, like, I thought it was going to be Star Trek. And I think it was much better to Star Wars fans than Star Trek was to Star Trek fans. Like, as mm-hmm. a Star Trek fan, I was kind of like, oh, this movie wasn't really made for me, but I guess it was all right. 
as a Star Wars fan, I, I really enjoyed Seven. It, it was it was a good movie. Have you seen it again, Brian, or did you see it the once? I, I have not. Uh, I'm going to, but I'm just working on getting people scheduled. I'm interested to hear what your take uh, after you see it the second on one. the second one. Yeah, because I, 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 I know we had sort of talked about the different experiences we had in the theater. Um, I know that I missed a significant portion of the movie just because of like <laughs> laughter, like applause and laughter and stuff like that, you know, and just, you know, and just in general, when you watch a movie the second time, you always pick up so many more things, you know. So I'm interested to, to get your take the second time around. My kid and I are going to do it tomorrow. Sweet. I may have to check that book out before I go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because at least at least now it's not spoilers, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll inform your, your viewing and not spoil it. And I couldn't agree more with Cam. You'll, you'll, the second viewing reveals a lot more. And I may even go in for a third. I definitely will go in for a third and possibly even a fourth. Uh, I really, really like this I think movie. I'm going to hit it on Christmas Day as well, just to again is there something big opening on christmas day hateful eight i think oh that that should be pretty cool like i can't take my mom to see that she doesn't watch she only watches pg movies well you could always take her to see the seth rogan i'm jewish at christmas movie (laughs) there's a trope we haven't visited a few times oh man (laughs) i'm sure i'll watch that movie at like three in the morning at some point like six months from now but right right definitely not going to the theater to see when you're delirious and actually find it funny yeah. I, I did tell you about the guy going to see that movie when I was in line for the marathon, right? Yeah, who didn't even know that, like, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. What do you want with Star Wars? I mean, who would stand in line? Ugh. Oh, yeah, I'll take a ticket for the Seth Rogen movie. I just kept my mouth shut. I was going to be like, what? Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So, Brian, Star Wars Episode Seven, a definite thumbs up, not sucked, awesome experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely thumbs up. Like, maybe not like way up there but definitely higher than i expected did you say you ranked it as like your third favorite yeah i still say better than jedi i really do wow Wow. that's saying something man that's that's exactly what i mean like no not better than empire but definitely way up there i would say it's better than jedi too i agree with that it might be my number two man well that's a discussion for another day well it basically was a new hope right but just yeah updated so it's like which which one do you like better (laughs) so we should have that discussion when we see the sequel and then we'll have like is it is their empire better than empire have they announced the subtitle of the of the sequel yet don't think so the force hits snooze (laughs) awesome brian well that was a great way to kick things off on a very positive note it's all (laughs) it's all downhill from here man so how about you chris you got something Ah, it's kind of difficult to uh, follow up with that one, but I'm going to try to do it with uh, one word that probably took out probably 60% of everything else not included in Star Wars. That word would be Marvel. Ah. Because we had Guardians of the Galaxy this year, right? Mm, no, that was last year. Was that this year? It might have been last year. I think we yeah. had Ant-Man this year. We had Ant-Man. And we had Avengers, Ultron. right? We had Avengers 2, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, Age of Ultron. And then yeah. on Netflix, we had... We had Daredevil and we had Jessica Jones. So lots of good, lots of awesome Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Avengers for, you know, I enjoyed it, but it, it I felt like there was some more missed opportunities than not with Avengers, even though it was an enjoyable film. And I think when it came to Netflix, their Netflix series, it was just like, I heard so many people, oh, I have superhero burnout. Oh, Avengers is okay, but... There's 
this, that's it. That's my limit. I'm going to quit. And then, you know, Daredevil came out, Jessica Jones came out and people were like, oh my God, dark is great with Marvel. I also got kind of the feeling that the, it's become a little more hipstery to say, I have superhero burnout. Just my two cents on that. I'm going to pile on this one. Uh, I It was originally going to be one of my own little little ticks but marvel as a company they've done a great job with the star wars stuff too this is their first year with the, the title back and they've they've nailed it out of the park did they ever solve the the wife thing that han solo had going on he dated her as like a a con and she didn't really she wasn't in on it so she thought it was serious and she's a little crazy so how firefly-esque yeah yeah <laughs> she just showed up in the comic I'm reading. I am thinking of the right character, right, Brian? Uh, only wife he's got. Yeah, okay. I forgot what her name was. Jana Solo or something. Uh, was that something that needed to be cleared up? Or, or like, was that something in ca- official canon that they needed to resolve? Or was that just something they did in the comics? When it was when it was a cliffhanger, it was a big thing. Like, oh my God, canonically, Han Solo has a wife. And what does that do for him dating Leia? And maybe that's why he resisted it for so long and all this kind of stuff. And then the comics were just like, nah, he was fucking. Oh, okay. So it it was exciting until it resolved. Just read that issue. Spoilers. Now I know. (laughs) Eight months old. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Touche. New to me, though. So you're not you're not allowed to talk about anything until everybody who possibly could have not observed it in the room, you know. Until you've been cleared by everybody who hasn't gotten around to it. I gotta, like, take a straw poll. Yes. By the way, the the no spoilers stuff with Star Wars got annoying after, like, one day. (laughs) Like, I I hate not being able to have a conversation. No, you get, like, the weekend, I feel. Like, after after Saturday, like, you're just not trying. Right. Like, you, you should have seen it by now if you really care. You had all Friday night. First off, you had all Thursday... You had all right. Friday night. You had Saturday, Sunday. F it. <laughs> there was a girl on my Facebook that like was like went just went on a rant about how someone just ruined Star Wars for her, and that she hadn't seen it yet, and that seven days is the appropriate time to wait before posting anything about anything because seven days is the lead time you have to give someone. Like I was like, what are you talking about? Seven days is too much. For like you know uh, uh, any movie, let, let alone the biggest movie ever. Is she streaming you know I mean? it free? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what her problem is, but I just thought it was hilarious that she thought the, she thought that she was entitled to seven days of no one talking about anything at all about the biggest movie ever because she hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I've one never of the biggest movie one. in twenty years. Yeah. How old was this woman when like the disappointments came out? I don't know, man. She's, yeah, she's exactly. younger, so yeah. I think that was uh, probably the issue. So, Cam, what did you think of Marvel? I thought it was great. I love Marvel. I, I love all the Marvel movies. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to next year. I mean, uh, Civil War looks amazing. All, all the offerings next year look great. I can't wait. That Superman movie is going to be cool, too. Uh, Batman vs. Superman? Yeah, that's going to be the best Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that punchline. I was. I'm looking forward to Luke Cage, and uh, they say Iron Fist is on the production schedule. I don't know if it's going to be finished for 2016 or not, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Nick Cage and whatever he offers us next year. 
<laughs> always, always. Go, Ghost Rider 85. <laughs> the Rock 2, back to The Rock. <laughs> I can't let these criminals take over The Rock. No, not, <laughs> that's my best. That's actually that is- a really good, that's actually a really good Nick Cage impression. <laughs> so my next question is, do I continue on or are we going to take turns and then take another go around? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take turns. I, I'm just going to second Brian's uh, addition of the Star Wars comics to the list of Marvel achievements and accolades this year. Um, Marvel deserves high praise for them and pretty much everything they've done this year. Good job, Marvel. Thumbs Lucky up. Lucky upstart comic outfit, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> just was able to afford color print this year. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you could afford the uh the high-end printing processes that make for a nice product. People are you're credible finally, Marvel. Good job. <laughs> it's called a Marvel, by the way. Marvel. <laughs> anyway, Cam, over to you, man. What you got? Oh, shocker. Uh I'm going to go with board games. I mean, this year has I mean, it, it, the, the longest time, I mean, every year it's it's gotten better, you know, over the last several years, but like this year, there are just so many amazing offerings uh, in the board game realm. Um, you know, Gen Con was amazing, um, but all the all the games that came out this year—not all the games, but I mean, so many of the games that came out this year were stellar. I mean, Mysterium—I know we've all played, we love. Blood Rage is amazing. Um, just, just I, you know, just uh, uh, there's at least ten games that I bought this year that uh, are like games that I would play at any given time, um, which is, which is a lot to say for board games. I mean, you know, some games come out, they're cool. You play them a couple times and that's it. But, uh, there have been a lot of games that came out this year that were really, really good. And, uh, so I'm pretty happy about that. And I'm looking forward to many games that are coming out next year as well. Uh, so, uh, I've got my, uh, work cut out to, uh, afford these things. (laughs) So a big year overall, though, is the point, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's just been, you know, we're living in an unprecedented time in so many different things, like with regard to geekdom and nerddom or whatever. But I mean, board the board game renaissance is just is just in full swing and just just absolutely, you know, in, in just critical mass right now. It's, it's so many good products being offered by so many. Uh, you know, not just the big people anymore, but also, you know, with, with the, uh, with the increase in technology and, and logistics and, and all kinds, you know, ease of access to, to all these different, uh, suppliers and vendors in China and, and, you know, all over the place, you know, you've got just even the little man, uh, out there producing amazing products. So it's really cool. It's a great time to be a, a board gamer. It just, it must just be because of like events in my childhood, but God, I'm, I, I share your sentiments pretty much a hundred percent, but I'm just like, so afraid that the other shoe is going to drop anytime and like the market's going to collapse and you know tabletop and board gaming is going to vanish and star wars shirts aren't going to be in sears and kohl's anymore i don't know why i hold on to that warning i think it might just be the dark side like messing with me it it very well may but you know i've already got plenty to i've got enough board games to last me through you know three lifetimes so okay yeah (laughs) people even if people stop making them i'll still have plenty to play so so at a minimum (laughs) you'll be able to tell your grandkids about what life was like in the old days exactly back when we uh you know rolled some die oh yeah we we sure we rolled the dice back then man (laughs) and we liked it chris brian you share cam's sentiments uh about board gaming oh i've lost track of all the good board games i've played this year yeah, me too. I, I, just the demos and the stuff we tried on game night, like we didn't stop playing them because they weren't good. We stopped playing them because there were 50 other cool games to play. Right. Pretty much. Kind of awesome. Brian, I assume you're on board. On board. <laughs> How clever. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. 
to think now that there are like subgenres of board gaming. Once upon a time, it was like, you want to play a board game? Now it's, do you want to play a social deduction? Do you want to play 4X? Do you want to play worker placement? Do you want, it's, it's just so huge that board game doesn't even cover it anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, I think a lot of people, if they, if they hear a board game, they're probably thinking Monopoly, but man, it has, is that why we use tabletop, the broader classification so that we're, obviously it is right. So that we're being yeah, sensitive cause... to the nuance. Yeah, because there's freaking, I mean, so many different, like like Brian said, so many different subgenres. Collectible card games, you know, living card games, board games. T- I mean, just, it's ridiculous. Three positive notes to start off the episode. And uh, let's see, should I spoil the fun or go with another positive? <laughs> It'll bring us to a crashing halt with a, <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a negative. I think I'll go with a positive as well, just to kick things off. And, and then we'll, we'll get negative next round, let's just say. All right. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, a movie. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I was definitely singing its praises earlier in the year. But back in, like, I think March, a little movie called Chappie came out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great movie. And I love that movie. I thought it was really cool. Um, People, of course, it's like Robocop. It's like Johnny Five. Like, okay, just shut up. I mean, you're you're not going to have science fiction that doesn't recover or sorry, retread some ground at this point, right? Uh, well, exactly. no, you could, but it's going to be, it, it's a fleshed out genre so that you're going to have some themes that are repeated, right? You could, but Hollywood's not going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that that movie and Ex Machina were like definitely highlights. The highlights of, I, I would say, robotics or, you know, the sort of robot genre this year. Ex Machina was really good. And I want to add her to that list, but it turns out her is older and only was released to schmucks like me, I think, this year. So I cannot. But it was new to me. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Ch- I thought Chappie was awesome. And yeah, you're right, Brian. Hollywood's only going to get so uh, artistic. But I thought they did a great job with this movie. Um, I really liked the robot. And that, that counts for a lot for me. The characters were good. I just I, I don't think it was critically well-received, actually. Or as well as it could have been? No, not really, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. So Chappie was a pleasant surprise. So much so, like, I could not wait for it to come out on some kind of a streaming option. And it was the one and only thing I've ever bought through the Xbox video service, because that's the place I saw it first. Mm. And uh, I told my companion, Abby, about it. And she was like, "Like, yeah. And we like sat down and watched it. We were like thrilled. So Chappie, <laughs> pleasant, pleasant way to kick off 2015, which turned out for to be sure. a great year overall. All right, that's round one. All positive, all positive. And now back around to you, Brian. You're under no obligation to derail the positive train, but you can if you need to. Yeah, I think it's time. And this is another weird one because it's not something that I hated, but I I was just kind of expecting a lot more out of it. I'm really disappointed that uh, 3D printing didn't just explode like it was supposed to. Oh, yeah. Was this to be the year of the 3D printer and everybody 3D printing and projection had it some very important patents expiring this year and just like like flipping the lid off and i don't know if they did like a mickey mouse thing and and didn't expire for whatever reason or if they just weren't all that amazing or if people like i don't know kind of lost interest i'm not really sure why it happened but i i was really expecting even more leaps and bounds i think Hmm. 
your point's taken. Like key patents expiring means like it should, there should be an explosion in offerings. But I think at the end of the day, right now, 3D printing is work. Like you're asking somebody to to work. You're not asking them. It's not at the point now where they get a 3D printer and just like passively download the latest Amiibo. Does that make sense? I don't think it's consumerized enough. And I, I you can't, it's easy for people like us to sometimes discount the difference between a consumer and a producer, but the overwhelming majority of people are passive consumers and have zero desire to engage in any productive activity. I really thought we'd see, I mean, obviously they're patented, so we don't have any idea what they are, but I thought we'd see some material patents lifted and just have a whole new media in which to work. Mm. I'm really looking forward to as soon as they figure out clothes, because that will be, I mean, think about like the fashion options people can go mm. with and the unique fashion options. 3D printing your own clothes <laughs> and accessories could be incredibly badass. Like, talk about self-expression gone wild. I mean, if you think people customize their Facebook profiles, never mind customizing your look, right? Like, finally. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? 3D printing not really exploding as as it seemed like it was going to. Because 2014 was a really good year for it. Yeah, you know what's funny is like last year I was like 3d printer was all I wanted for Christmas. I ended up not figuring out the one that I wanted to get. Like some, my, my family gave me money to get one because I hadn't figured out which one I wanted. And then I ended up not getting it. Like I spent the money on something else. (laughs) And then 3d printer didn't even make it on my Christmas list this year. So I think that definitely says something about the state of 3d printing right now. I just don't, not that I'm like the bellwether or whatever, whatever, you know, but you know what I mean? Like I'm like a casual, when it comes to 3d printing, I'm probably the most casual, like I'm probably the target demographic and, and like also very casual in terms of, yeah, I could have one, but you know, it would be great to have one, but wouldn't like really change my life that much. So I think that's, I'm probably that demographic that they're really trying to go after because there's a certain demographic that's going to buy one no matter what, you know? And then there's that group that's not going to buy one no matter what. And then in the middle, you got the people that would buy one if they felt like it would improve their lives. And I definitely fit squarely in the middle of that. Plus I'm, you know, on the Greek geeky nerdy side. So it does intrigue me that, you know, to have one and I was not lured or intrigued in any way to buy one this year, which is, you know, probably a failing on the industry's part. I think that's exactly what I mean because sure you have early adapters and a lot of people are just like, Oh, nerds are buying 3d printers. But I, you really are someone who you're not an early adapter, but you're a before before average adapter, you would say. right? Before the 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 market explodes or whatever, you're like almost that like linchpin. Like, oh yeah, that's going to take off. And yeah, and I I, I literally did, it didn't even cross my mind. And Brian, until you just said like three D printing just now, that maybe that's something I would want this year. And it was like all I wanted last year. It bums me out, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I think they haven't enticed people, as you said. Like, what's what's the value proposition? Like, what's this going to do for me? I'm just an average mm-hmm. Joe. What's it going to do for me? Other than give me some nerd cred, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I can I can go to the dollar store and get a coffee mug. Like, I don't need to print one for you know for five hundred dollars. Like, it, it it does it like until it gets to uh, uh, and and we've talked about this a million times. Like, I hate tech just for tech sake or gimmick sake. You know. 
I want something. I don't want to spend money on anything unless it's going to, at least in some, you know, decent measure, improve my life or make it easier or, or make it better. Got to solve a problem. Yeah, and 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 I'm very liberal when it comes to that. I mean, it doesn't even need to be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to do something just for the just for the gimmick value. And and I feel like that's sort of where it's at right now. And they need to figure out a way to convince people. Well, I mean, they should do it to make it so it's like that, but also convince people that, Hey, if you have this in your home, it's, there's so many other uses for it. I know for a lot of uh, geeky guys, their, their hope, their hope and promise for 3d printing would be for like their hobbies, especially like for wargaming, where you have to play with all these little miniatures instead of having to go out and buy them for $14 or buy five for 40, you could just actually print them at home mm-hmm. and then play with them on your table instead. Yeah, look, if I could print like, you know, card sleeves <laughs> or like, you know, some kind of like uh, awesome components for my board games, I, I'd I'd have one yesterday. But there's nothing out there that tells me that I, you know, really could. I guess that's up to me to go out and find the patterns or whatever. But it, it the, the ease of use, like the Apple factor is not there yet for me. So I probably won't invest in one until there is something like that. The quality is kind of hurting too, because everybody was excited about the miniatures and then like Hero Forge launched and everybody's kind of like, well, maybe I can paint in the details I want. <laughs> yeah, I um Okay, the, the 3D printer is a tool looking for a purpose at this point still for a lot of people. And I, I don't know, I think as soon as they find, the technology is going to be there, they just need to justify it to the consumer. I think we all agree on that more or less fashion may be the way to go i kind of yeah. i like that thought actually i could just see all the copyright infringements on all the mickey mouse jackets from this point on yeah <laughs> but we may as well tackle that sooner than later it's going to happen no matter yeah. what yeah what would you liken it to what other product would you liken it to in the, in the stage that it's at now like one maybe that sputtered and died and one that like really then just took off after like rebranding itself or sort of like coalescing into a a clear message um because typically you know like you know like the like like the pc i mean the when when the pc came out it just like went crazy you know what i mean it was there was no like up and down trajectory you know certain things have that just sort of once it comes out it's just a straight up and then there's this where it sort of had this like upward trajectory then now it's kind of had like a like a a plateau I, i would say and um i think it's really at like a at a crossroads of, of where, you know, where it's going to go. Walkmans. Walkmans. Yeah. Right now I kind of see 3d printing falling into the danger of artistic ceramics at this point. Well, there are some people that will really get into it and they can really, you know, they'll get the kiln they'll make all those investments to make these cool little pieces of art. But overall for the guy on the street, they're kind of aware of it and they may think that's kind of cool, but they aren't really motivated to jump into that level of commitment. Right. Because like things are so, like I said, things are so cheap right now. Like I can go buy a star Wars t-shirt at Kohl's right now for eight bucks or nine bucks or whatever it is. Whereas like uh, if I 3d printed one or 3d printed like a a figure or whatever, it would be crappy. uh, You know, and and I could just buy it cheaper on Amazon or or, or at, at my local store. So I think until it gets to the point where there's like an absolute need or it is so much cheaper, like file sharing, you know what I'm saying? Until it gets to a point where um, 
you know, file sharing wasn't stopped or, or stymied until people started offering things at a, at a cheaper price. I think this is sort of the inverse of that, where everything, the products are so cheap, you know, no one's going to go out and spend $500,000 then plus whatever the materials for like the ink, quote unquote ink or whatever materials are to make their own crap when you can just go to Walmart and buy, you know, pretty much whatever it is or, or order it on the internet. I think they should get kind of on the bandwagon with board games and Kickstarter because yeah. there's nothing to stop someone from marketing a new board game to people with 3D printers. Here's the board game. It's awesome. Everyone's going to be playing it. You can wait eight months to a year for China or you can print it tomorrow. What kind of what kind of player do you want to be? I mean, there's a format for that already. Print and play, right? We do it PDF. Now you can actually do it for all the physical pieces. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. But I mean, the, the board game niche is pretty, I mean, not small. I mean, it's a big, you know, it's a, it's a lot. But I mean, to, to get any kind of global traction it needs to be something that monetarily, I think, makes sense to people in, in any, in any, regardless of their hobbies, you know what I mean? Or their interests. To answer your original question, Cam, things that have stumbled and have not found their niche. Well, here's something that just sort of occurred to me. I mean, printers themselves are almost dying out, you know? Like when's the last time you printed something out on, on physical paper aside from like in an office environment, which is, which are typically archaic anyway. I mean, I, I have my own companies and I never print anything out. I, w I was given like, there's this really nice, like, like $500 printer and somebody was like, ah, it's fucked up. I'm going to throw it out. Oh, you're handy here. Fix it. And it's yours. And I was so excited to like break it open and get into it. And oh, I fix it. And I fixed it and I printed it out and I was like, e uh, wow. Now I, I don't, I mean, I don't know where I'm going to put this. Yeah. Even, even like movie tickets, like you don't even need to print those out anymore. You just go and just show them your phone and they scan it right there. Like there's, there's no need for physical paper or physical copies of almost anything. So like maybe the printer is the Walkman and the, I and the 3d printer is the iPod or iPad of or iPod of the future but it just needs to find its niche as to what people are really going to want to print. Well, for me, the, the printer is still a, a pretty solid item because when it comes to, to editing things, the eyes just seem to pay attention better when it's like paper in front of you than the screen, though the next generation may disagree with that. And then when I do things for uh, board games and stuff, or I do little quick starts, I put in, I put in some stiffer cardboard and it makes a much nicer presentation when I'm trying to like do a demo. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent on, you know, the reading and, and stuff like that. But I think we're the last generation. Yeah. You ask a 20 year old and that's going to be a foreign concept to them. You mean print yeah. out my homework and proofread? What the, yeah. well, what? We are the last generation for sure. When it comes to that. Arr, get off my lawn. Right. <laughs> if I had to come up with one more, analogy for where the 3d printer is i think it's the pda of the modern era right remember Ooh, everybody was trying to release oh a pda God. right <laughs> oh no man like you carry your data with you and you can like plug it into your computer and like da -da -da. that never it caught on to a certain extent some people had palm pilots the, the apple newton failed before that but they didn't really reach critical mass until it just got integrated into something people really like to carry with them which is a phone so mm. When 3D printing either comes to complement something that we've already established, be that tabletop or video gaming or fashion, 
or when it is just so compelling in its own right that it reaches a certain status in its own right where there is no question as to why you would have one when we'll see mm-hmm. it take off. But yeah, right now it's, it's like in PDA status as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, and Brian, I think you, that's, you hit on something like with the clothing. Cause that's something that's universal, you know, like, or shoes, like imagine you could be like, all right, here's this pattern you buy for $4 or, you know, two ninety nine or one ninety nine. You can print it out on your 3d printer and slap it onto your, your, you know, your jacket or, or your, whatever, like a, like a new color logo or a new color, this or that, or whatever. And you can customize your clothing, you know, a certain way or whatever, like that would be something that everyone would want, you know, or, or, you know, I really do have like this innate ability to look on the downside. It kind of bothers me. What's going to happen to the poor, like, like African kids when they don't have to print losing side t-shirts in advance in case they win the big game or. Yeah. You mean when things are man- or when things are more or less manufactured like just in time, like when we have like basically just in time manufacturing, Brian. Like- well, you know what we do now is we print like a hundred thousand, like the Bills won, and hundred thousand right, right, the right. Dolphins won, and then we just throw them out. Right, as opposed to they just start printing on your three D printer when you've won. Right. See, here's what would be amazing: would be like you go onto like the Polo website, right? Like, say you love Polo Ralph Lauren, and you click to the style that you like. And you say, okay, I really like this long sleeve polo shirt and I want it, whatever. And then polo sends you the pattern to your 3d printer. And then you just print that out and it prints it out to your exact size specifications. You know, maybe you're like a schmedium or, 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 a, you know, a, a, you're in between a small and a medium or in between a large and a, you know, extra large. Well, or let's whatever. be honest, a seven X large. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I'm just trying to be nice, but yeah, <laughs> you know, say you're, you know, whatever, it no, you know, you can even get in front of like, say your Xbox connect or what, you know, one of those kind of things. It just takes your measurements, bam, prints it out right there for you. You print out, you got your brand new shirt ready to go to go out and party. Tailored clothing off the rack. Yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, that would be sick. I, I would, that's something that I would invest in for sure. You know, and here's another random thought. Maybe we aren't the market for 3D printers. Maybe the 3D printing market is something more like how they use cell phones in developing countries, third world countries, whatever the phrase we use for these countries are now. You know, it's a, it's a utility that there's one of in the village and then we use it for whatever we need to fabricate the next item. I mean, I think it's like anything else. The commercial applications are clearly there. You know what I mean? If you can sit there instead of machining parts and having all these expensive things, all you got to do is just print out like a nut or a bolt or whatever it is. That's awesome. Same thing with like the medical things. I mean, if they actually do get to the point where they can just like print you out a kidney, amazing. You know, the question is, and I, and I think that will, that will not go away. That, that I think that's only getting better and, and more important to industry. Um, so I think the technology itself is not going anywhere. The question is, how are they going to market to Joe every man? And, and, and how are they going to get it to take off in the consumer market, which is really where they want it to be in terms of profit and integrating it into society as a whole. Speaking of holes, and this is going to sound really raunchy and I apologize in advance, but early adapters are always into porn. <laughs> <laughs> True, true, true. Yeah, the adult. Yeah, like if you're like a up and coming porn star, why wouldn't you? You know, be like, here for forty bucks, I'll send you a printable copy of my, you know, 
that so you could do whatever that you prefer um, yeah my <laughs> holiest of holy you know and you can probably even like if you really tried especially if they do come out with the new materials you could do like fleshlight attachments mm-hmm. <laughs> today i want to uh do jenna jameson yep. <laughs> so on that note we should probably move on to the next subject yeah or the next yeah. host for the next yeah. subject. i yeah. lost track it was brian who's next uh I'm I'm just glad we changed the subject because uh, the, the current 3D printing materials for those applications sounded agonizing. So <laughs> that said, uh, I do believe it is Chris's turn. So uh, another highlight for me for 2015 that was kind of late in development was the about face, the 180 of the sci-fi, swi-fi, however you want to pronounce it, spell it, Siffy. channel, Siffy channel going from being in survival mode of the economy. Let's do a lot of reality shows. And I was talking about the cool ones like Jim Henson's project or the face off, which were actually really great, but all the ghost hunters and other stuff like that and the wrestling and going back to scripted dramas. What we've seen so far, the scripted dramas have gone from, all right, not too bad with like uh, dark matter and Killjoys to knocking out of the park with the Expanse. Cool. I still haven't seen the Expanse. I gotta, I gotta catch it. I saw the the, the pilot. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'm almost afraid I'm hyping him so much. By the time Brian sees it, he's gonna be able. What, 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 what's the deal? This isn't Star Wars. <laughs> no, I always take you with a grain let's, of salt. Say, so, yeah, I was gonna say. Let's be honest. Brian is. <laughs> Brian, Brian can poo poo anything. That's his superpower. Yes. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. I'll admit to not having been caught up on any of that sci-fi programming, but I've agreed on more than one occasion and I'll do so once again by saying, yes, we definitely, I I like sci-fi being sci-fi. I like that there's good programming out there on the sci-fi channel. My hope is that next thing you know, we'll have a history channel that has history stuff on it and so on. (laughs) We can wish Tom, we can wish. What I really hope is that sci-fi not only has this good programming, but then breaks away and offers just like a pure streaming subscription or or is offered as part of a streaming bundle because excellent programming tailored to the channel offered a la carte is like the dream, right? We were promised that with cable back in the day. Right, right. And then somebody waved money at him and was like, no, 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 no. You know, sell him a package with seven ESPN channels they'll never watch. (laughs) okay yeah so here's hoping maybe we're getting closer to realizing that sweet dream anybody else want to comment on that i I, i'm i'm totally seconding chris on this one oh yeah i'm I'm, I'm totally in on that that's uh, i'm so glad that sci-fi is actually now into sci-fi sci-fi is sci-fi yeah okay uh let's see that brings us through to uh oh you you again cam you're up yeah, I'm gonna break the uh, I'm gonna break the cycle here and and, and go look, go negative. Um, you know, we talked about the you know the great movies and all, you know all the good uh, TV shows and all you know offerings that came out in 2015. I'm gonna go to some bad ones, the stinking piles of turd that turd <laughs> that I sat through that were awful. Um, top of my list was uh, Fantastic Four. Ooh, oh, terrible! Ouch! Terrible movie. Um, I mean, I, I will say, in fairness, it's probably the best of the Fantastic Four movies, but that's not saying much because the other ones were doo doo as well. Um, so that that was a I thought that was a huge swing and a miss. Um, the Man from Uncle, which I was actually really looking forward to, terrible. 
terrible movie. I'm bummed by that. Yeah, because I, I really liked you know the the series and stuff like that. And it was it was just not good. Poltergeist, terrible. Oh, really? Terrible, 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 terrible. Um, the Human Centipede three. I was a big fan of the first, <laughs> you know, first one and two, and just <laughs> terrible, terrible. And uh, you know, huge. I'm a huge fan of Simon Pegg. All of his movies, you know, uh, Hot Fuzz, uh, you know, Shaun of the Dead, obviously Star Trek, Star, you know, all the, the all Force the, all, Awakens, uh, all the movies, right? But uh, he did this movie called Kill Me Three Times, which was sort of a departure from you know his usual geeky sort of you know uh, shtick, and it was just not good. Oh, <laughs> not no, good. man, I had that. I had that on my list. I mean, I can watch him probably do anything just because I like him so much. And so I got through the movie, but it was it was terrible. Uh, so, yeah, that's I'll say that this, those are some stinky, stinky movies that came out this year that uh, unfortunately, you know, contrasted with all the good stuff that we got. That that was quite a list. And I'm sorry there were so many disappointments for you, man. That kind of sucks. Well, I'm interested to know if any of you guys liked any of those movies. I mean. Or even, or even saw them. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I, I missed all of them. I kind of put them a little lower uh, on the list and just uh, didn't get around to it. I kind of sensed Fantastic Four was going to be that good, but I had, you know, I had just forgotten about Kill Me Three Times and was hoping that was the trailer had looked promising. So sadness I mean, there. When is when is a, yeah? I mean, what a shock! When has a trailer ever led to disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> You know something, I, I it probably says a lot that I didn't see any of those. I was going to say, I think that sort of proves the point, you know? I'm a little disappointed to learn that Poltergeist was bad because I wanted that to be good. But at the same time, I didn't understand why they were messing with Poltergeist. Um, I thought the original Poltergeist was adequate and I couldn't see how they could improve on it. It was, it was a dog. The clown that they gave away in the previews looked scary, but I the, the clown in the original looked scarier still in my opinion for sure hmm. there, there are some things like I, I i can get on board with a reboot like some things are like and eh, there was a miss oh we could have done it better oh it's time for retelling of a classic tale or whatever but poltergeist is great like scary as shit original movie like and you're not gonna do it better right i'm not sure what they were shooting for yeah, that's one of those movies where even if you're young, you can go back and watch it and still it's it holds up. You know what I'm saying? I can see a movie that like was done way back. Like I'll give you a perfect example, like Ocean's Eleven, right? You go back and watch the old Ocean's Eleven, you're kind of like, eh, this is cheesy, you know? But you watch the the newer ones and, you know, I, I'm actually, I actually like that, that the, the newer one. So that makes sense. But so I'm totally on board with what you're saying, Brian. But when it comes to Poltergeist, there was no improving on that. I mean, maybe someone could improve on it, but there was no reason to. That that movie stands, you know, stands on its own even now. I even think the sequels to the original were kind of lame. They couldn't put the lightning back in the bottle. Oh yeah, the sequels are totally lame. Caroland. Oh God, don't. <laughs> Poltergeist Two was one that when that creepy like. I, I guess that guy was more creepy because he seemed like a pedophile than anything. Like, he, you yeah. know, he, the human form was creepier than like the demon. And, right. Come into that, Caroline. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I found him. I, I did find him kind of scary, but I found his person scary. Not so much Poltergeist 2. 
Mm-hmm. And I think Very didn't dis- they make disturbing. Didn't they make three? I never saw the third one. Yeah, they did make three. Yeah, I missed that one, sadly. Oh, okay, so uh, a round of stinker movies, Cam. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, sadly. I think I could probably pile on uh, to that list of movies. I had some written down. You know, I don't really feel qualified because I didn't see them. Well, I have a movie and I have a game. So let me do this. I will start with a movie that I just hated the concept of, and I'm glad that they pulled from theaters. That being a movie based on a cartoon series I watched with my sister all the time when I was a kid and only watched it grudgingly because it was a girl show, but it grew to like which was the gem movie based on the old gem and the holograms cartoon, which was about like a really awesome, like rock star and her magical band who got like transformed into superheroes by this supercomputer called synergy. And evidently was made into like a movie about a weepy, you know, not sure of herself, teenage girl and a bunch of jerks. <laughs> did, did that did that movie come out this year? It came out this year, and they pulled it from theaters early. It did so poorly. Oh my god! I actually, I'm not, I'm man enough to admit, I actually liked that cartoon when I was a kid. No, I liked it too. I, I, I yeah. as a kid, I was like girl show, but then as soon as I started watching, I was like awesome show. Yeah, totally. And I, I knew that that movie was coming out, but then I just didn't really hear anything about it. I, I'm shocked to to hear that it like came came and went, and I didn't even notice because I'm pretty up on those things usually they actually released theaters from their promise to do the full run yeah wow i think the second or third time in history they've done that i'm kind of glad it failed i mean i I wrote i think a facebook post it's rare we'll get into facebook some other time but it's rare that i feel compelled to actually write something but i was just like you know this gem movie about a whiny teenager you know not sure of herself is a little bit like making a he-man movie where like he-man is just like a scrawny kid trying to break into bodybuilding <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's just that dumb so gem failed happy to add that to the list of failed movies probably the biggest failure of the year in terms of yeah. commercial failure definitely and uh, another one that i i feel kind of like a spiteful jerk adding to the list but it's kind of a told you so moment i played destiny when it first came out it was like an okay shooter, but it wasn't really exciting. And I, I knew more or less right away that it was going to be one of those games that played like an MMORPG, but a shooter. And you were just going to be like grinding. I, I just picked that up right away. And I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. And there was no, there's zero story to speak of. You have to like read online articles and go search for a story. Like there's nothing to get you into this game. It's not like Halo with like this rich lore that that's evident anyway. Right. And, um, Zero, zero interest in it played it briefly got right out of it well this year the exact same game came out but like they fixed it and they wanted to pay they wanted you to pay full price for it as though it were a new game and it was just the same game with more stuff but a lot and a lot of stuff fixed and everybody was all about it oh destiny's fixed destiny's great you got to get back in and i said you know what i'm just gonna sit back and i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait a month well, guess what? A month later, fell right on its face again. Mm. And who do you hear talking positively about Destiny now? No one. Right. I'm sorry, guys. Like, it doesn't work. It, it, the MMORPG formula works because you have the illusion of being in this massive world and the illusion of mattering. 
literally fighting the same enemies on the same levels over and over again. I mean, it's not fun. Like, sorry, it's not compelling over the long term. They have to to make Destiny, I think, viable the way they want it to be. They have to just keep throwing content out for free, and I don't think that's practical from a financial standpoint. A longtime listeners may remember Destiny's the game I bought my PS4 for. Yes. I was super excited about that game. And I've never been more thankful for a beta test in my life because they had that like everybody gets to play for free weekend. And it was FedEx after fetch, after grind, after grind, after grind. And I was just like, Oh, that saved me 60 bucks. <laughs> Who am I kidding? 90 bucks with the season pass. Yes, yes. And I never played it again. Or wanted to. It, it just, right out of the gate, right? It was like, Brian, like, as a shooter, it was competent, right? Like, you, you were playing it, you're like, oh, this was this was competently crafted. Like, it, this is totally adequate. Like, it, the shooting part didn't suck, correct? Am I correct mechanically? Like, it, it worked, right? The first time I played borderlands the original borderlands i bought it late and all my friends were like already like level 20 or whatever and they did that thing where all right here i'll join your game okay now we got to go do this no no just skip this quest go do this go do this okay now here i'll go do this and you and and, okay now you're level 20 and we can start the game and i was just like yeah I, i just missed the game that's exactly what destiny felt like like being rushed go here go here collect these kill 15 of those like with nothing interesting or compelling or engaging in between. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That's That was going to be my next question to you. Like if you had conceded that, yeah, okay. Mechanically it was well executed. You shot and, and bullets went where you expected them to. My next question was going to be, but why, why were you playing? What were you doing? What was your purpose in the game? Like it sounds cheesy, but when I play, I want to know like, why, I'm, who are these enemies? What's going on? Why am I coming back? What am I hoping to accomplish? And destiny, like their reward system was, well, you get a cool helmet. You get some boots. <laughs> and like, I need to at least be told that I'm getting these boots and helmets in service of a greater cause for it to make any sense whatsoever. What's your purpose in Destiny? What are you doing? I, I honestly, and again, it was only the beta or whatever. I have no clue in hell what that game was about. Right. Neither do I. I suppose I could go look at all the rich lore that is defined on the internet and you that you like get content in game for supposedly that leads you to art, internet articles. But no, I don't want homework. I want to play a game. So no thanks. And that's my second one, Destiny stinker and with my second one out of the way guys i think i would like to bring one more up for discussion uh without a word as to whether or not i found it to be awesome or sucky what did you guys think of the dinosaur thriller jurassic world i thought it was good now that but then after i saw episode seven i was like oh (laughs) you know what i mean like like like, when it came out i thought it was i thought i was like yeah it was pretty good movie and then like now it's like well shit compared to episode seven it was dog shit i don't know i guess i'd have to give it a thumbs down just because it, it it didn't appeal to me enough to even see like there was just too much that was like oh god oh groan oh i roll Uh, I, I accepted the there's always a bigger fish 
there's always a bigger dinosaur argument for a little while. And then they broke out with, with fucking star Lord being the alpha. (laughs) And I was just like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I'm not going to ruin everyone else's experience by groaning out loud in the theater. (laughs) Who's the alpha. I'm the alpha. That, that line or whatever. Yeah. No, I actually remember the line. She's the beta. Who's the alpha? You're looking at him, kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm in Brian's camp. I, I just looked at the trailer, and while in theory, having your Velociraptor pack running with you to the, with the motorcycle sounds great, especially if you're doing like a role-playing game or something. Sounds awesome, actually, as a role-playing game. Didn't drag me to the theater. I was just... You know, it's on my, uh, I'll get around to it list. Wow. So you, two out of the four of us have not seen the movie still. That's how like the trailer turned us off. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I thought it was going to be a really interesting movie with a return to what was it called? The Island A or whatever. And then like, they just, just totally got silly. and Oof. Well, I'll say this, like there are certain movie franchises that I just expect to be stupid. Like I just dumb, lowbrow, like oh, this is so like I, the dumber they are, the more I like them. I include in that Jurassic Park and Terminator. <laughs> so Jurassic Park is people like chasing after and fighting dinosaurs with machine guns. And Terminator is robots shooting each other with machine guns. If they deliver on those, I'm pretty much okay. How is Jurassic Park guys with machine guns? When the hell did that happen? Well, no, there were, uh, it was Jurassic, the hunters were Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, you're right. Okay, touche, Brian, touche. The first Jurassic Park was people running scared from dinosaurs. Jurassic Park 2 was hunters attacking dinosaurs, right? You went from survival horror to like first person. You know what, Brian? Good point. Good point. Because I now in my mind think of such was the impact of this latest movie that I now think of machine guns against dinosaurs. And that really hasn't been Jurassic Park to date, except for that one where the hunter showed up. Right. Right. Except for the unspoken about sequel. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let me let me rephrase that. I just want a big dumb dinosaur movie in Jurassic Park without machine guns with or without machine guns. And I can't believe it. It's totally like mind wiped me. And I only think of this movie now when I think of Jurassic Park. Um, And Terminator is just robots shooting each other with machine guns. And I'll add to that from a Godzilla movie. I just expect giant dumb monsters fighting (laughs) and uh, Transformers movie is just stupid looking robots whacking each other with lasers and horrible racism and horrible. You know what? Uh, I'm going to leave Transformers off that list because they got too stupid. Even for me point is for the big summer blockbuster franchises, I, the bar is set pretty low. And somehow Independence Day is still beneath the bar. <laughs> Independence Day is just fucking... Oh, pardon my language, but Independence Day is just offensive. It, it, the Jurassic World is the same thing as... A, like a cheese stick saying that he's your boss. <laughs> I, I really... I'll say this too. They showed the Independence Day two trailer during you know before star wars before episode seven i saw jeff goldblum and he was all like serious and like you know thoughtful about you know we're preparing for the aliens but we'll never be ready and i'm like ooh, it's independence day so i instinctively hate it but this might be good then they showed all the badass explosion 
Burns. And I was just like, oh God, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, there's just something about Independence Day. I think it was the dual like stupid catchphrases by Randy Quaid combined with Will Smith acting like the annoying Will Smith, not the good Will Smith that I like now or the Fresh Prince, both of whom were acceptable. Combined with like just like one stupid like one liner after not one liner but like they they shoehorned in the title of the movie into a long speech by the president. And this day, which is Independence Day, is not just Independence Day, but it's also a day when we beat the aliens, which somehow has something to do with independence. Uh, I'm sorry, I got to do an analysis of Independence Day there for a second, but. <laughs> I hate that movie. I hate that movie. The trailer for Independence Day 2 is the stinker of the year for me. How's that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's your negative. That's your biggest negative of 2015. Yeah. The fact that that's the, hilarious. I can't believe that's happening. Like, I cannot believe it. That that's actually happening. Ugh. They're going to resurrect Randy Quaid's stupid character somehow to watch. I'm back again. He's going to be like a, like a clone that they, they, he, they cloned him from like the DNA that left behind after he destroyed the ship. Right. He's going to come or, or there's going to be good aliens that join the humans and they're going to have cloned mm-hmm. him as like the hero that stopped their enemies. In the words yep. of my generation, I'm back again. Like, Oh God. <laughs> oh Jesus. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm mad. I'm actually angry now thinking of that movie. <laughs> and I like, I like crap like Jurassic world <laughs> and Terminator. So now our job is done. Our, our job is done. <laughs> and I still can't believe that I now think of Jurassic World as machine guns, but I do. That's where the series is going, by the way. They're weaponizing the dinosaurs, Brian. That was the uh, the thrown out script for like three, wasn't it? Uh, it's not really thrown out. The dinosaurs are being like trained for combat, and I'm pretty sure in the next one they're going to have machine guns mounted to them. They had <laughs> um dinosaur-human hybrids in one of the early... Oh, man. Okay, spoiler alert, the evil scientist like escapes who's behind the weaponization escapes with like genetic material and all their plans. So look for like raptors with like MP5s mounted to their talons. Oh my God. (laughs) It's going to be great. What was the, the old toy line? The, the T-Rex had like just gunners on his side. Oh, not dinosaurs. No, that, um, Oh man, I can't even think of it right now. Uh, if they just did that, I might watch it. What was it called? Um, that's what, there was a toy line with dinosaurs and machine guns. It was like a Triceratops had a laser for his one horn. and Oh, it was Dino Riders. Dino Riders. <laughs> yes, Jurassic. the next Jurassic Park is going to be Dino Riders. I would totally watch that. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum's coming. He's going to be, since he'll be hot off of Independence Day 2, he'll be back. They're going to do a shared universe. Oh. Maybe the Dino Riders can fight off the aliens. Perfect. Perfect. And you can just picture Jeff Goldblum like, you uh, you, uh, you, you, took Nature's Perfect Killing Machine and then attached machine guns. Uh, what did you think would happen? Uh, chaos, right? Like, oh my God. It's going to be so Which good. Which character would he have to play? Both <laughs> of them. They're twins. You just never knew. One of them likes bringing order to chaos through machine guns. The other one. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. Actually, that really works out because one is chaos theory and the other one's like order through his programming that has to be like perfectly aligned. I love it. (laughs) Brian, I'll make you a promise right now. If you promise, promise to go see the next Jurassic Park film with me, I will go see Independence Day with you. 
<laughs> oh god, I don't know if I can take that. <laughs> what both? <laughs> I probably won't see Independence Day in the theater anyway, so oh god, it's going to suck so bad. Cuz like it's not going to have like the what groundbreaking CG and to lean on. Remember how the special effects were so lauded in the last one? Well, those haven't aged well, and neither has the movie. Oh my god. Anyway, all right. The, the very notion of that is the worst thing in 2015 for me. <laughs> and I declare that it's the worst thing in 2015 for anyone. Though I do speak for myself. All right, guys, anything else before we uh, wrap it up and wrap up the year? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, fans, lest you uh, misremember this show and associate it <laughs> with the latest episodes, which are heavily machine gun based, I would remind you that you can check out our entire catalog on iTunes and Stitcher, and we highly encourage you to subscribe and to rate us favorably. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Travaganza Dino Hunters Facebook group. <laughs> Take a look back on all of the episodes of 2015 by heading over to nerdstravaganza.com where you can find this in all of our back episodes. Uh, take a look back on all of our video content as well by heading on over to YouTube and typing Nerd Stravaganza into the handy dandy search bar. And we look forward to you sending us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And with all that said, Dino Rider Chris, take us away. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> A weakling He-Man. <laughs> the minute you said it, man, that was my inspiration. Uh, you got to admit, that's kind of analogous to, like, shrinking gem. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. I know. Episode over. <laughs>